to all of our phenomenal viewers, listeners, and supporters. I am your host, Brianna, podcast Bree Harris, and I am so excited to be here. If you're a new audience member, we are so grateful to have you. Welcome to another episode of Connected, where we discuss all things mental health, recovery, employment, and stories. During this segment, Connected will be focused on managing romantic relationships and how to navigate them while dealing with serious mental illness. We will be sharing personal anecdotes, facts, and awareness from specialists around the Bay Area. Today's guest, Dr. Christopher Celio, is the Vice President of Clinical Programs, Programs and Interim Director of Training at the Hume Center. Dr. Celio, who started working in the mental health field in 2001 and originally trained to be a child psychologist, found his calling when he joined the Hume when he found the Hume Center as a doctoral intern in 2007. While this shifted his focus to serving adults diagnosed with serious mental illness, he brought with him an emphasis on the family and other systems that consumer is part of and a creative spirit that believes that healing and recovery can come through many surprising and out-of-the-box pathways, beliefs, and personas. His areas of specialties include clinical boundaries, psychotherapy, behavioral health consultation, prevention, and early intervention, and much, much more. This can all be found on the Hume Center website in which you can learn more about Chris Celio and the program. Please welcome Dr. Chris Celio. Thanks for having me back. Of course. Welcome back. We didn't do an outfit change. We just <laughs> rolled right into another episode. <laughs> Thank you for being here for an additional however long you're going to be here. And then we'll see him two more episodes after that, because that is how good he is. You guys, he is our expert yeah. on all things relationships. So even if you are going through things, you can call Mr. Celio. Let's do it. <laughs> okay. So last episode, we talked about just, um, managing and building relationships but now um like i said on the previous episode chris and i had a conversation um prior and he said that in order to be a have good romantic relationships just simple thing is be a good friend first and um just kind of roll into that so we're gonna dive a little bit deeper into that he's gonna once again give us some of his expertise and we will be out of here and we'll see him on two more <laughs> okay <laughs> So um, just kind of want to summarize our last episode earlier. You mentioned that one of the first steps into managing romantic relationships is being a good friend. Can you elaborate on the importance of that step for those who did not watch the other episode? Yeah. So a lot of folks fantasize about going from no friendships straight to romance, mm -hmm. right? Movies, society, everything tells us, uh, I should be sad if I don't have romance and I'm, I'm worthless if I don't have an other with me. Mm -hmm. And so I want to go from having no friendships to just magically getting this spouse or whatever partner. Uh, and, but really to become a good romantic partner, you have to get to know yourself. You have to develop good habits. You have to get rid of some bad habits and all of those things come from being good, good friends. Mm -hmm. Uh, with others and really kind of practicing being in those different types of uh, friendships. So, you know, uh, when I was in high school, I asked this girl out and later I would marry her. She said, yes, it must've worked. It worked, but she said yes. And she wasn't quite sure she meant to say yes. Oh. Cause she didn't know me that well, but mm -hmm. I, I knew her, I had been watching her for a while. Uh, it was nice, you know, high, high, a nice high school sweetheart story started with her like saying yes, but then 
behind my back, like asking her friends, like, who is this guy? Is he a good guy? Like, I just met him. And they're like, he's a great guy. He's a great friend. Mm -hmm. Right? Mm -hmm. People are attracted to good people who treat other people well. Mm -hmm. Right? And if you have good friends, you have that base, that foundation where someone's going to feel good trusting you to share life with you because you've shared in a friendship way life with other people. Mm -hmm. It's not all about you and you've been a good friend to others. But also it's easier to jump into romance when you have a friendship circle who can kind of bring you together. Mm -hmm. You know, not everyone, but a lot of people have been set up by friends. And so if you, if you, if you have no one you're, 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 you're having that friendship with, how, how are you, how are you going to meet people, right? Mm -hmm. Maybe you could meet people in the store back in the day, but now everyone's just looking at their phone. Yeah. Right? So it's even harder to meet people. Oh. So Can't don't don't it. fantasize about going right from nobody to that romance. Mm -hmm. You know that that you know those meet cutes in movies don't really happen that often, and usually starts with a group of friends. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, cool beans. So, romantic relationships can often lead to intimacy and sexual activity. So, how does one navigate consent and social cues? Very important topic. And the, the best way to do this is to take it slow and to realize just like you're not quite sure what you're doing and you're not quite sure how far you want to go, we often think the other person magically has it all figured out. Mm -hmm. And they don't. So they're probably in a similar place as you. So if you take things slower and take it step by step and not jump steps really quickly, mm -hmm. then you can kind of like each person can take a smaller step and say, okay, did that feel good or not? Am, I, am I in the same place as this person? Really getting comfortable asking before you do things mm -hmm. and creating that language of, of consent is really important. And you, you almost have to practice it yeah, because it's going to sound cheesy but it might be the most romantic thing that person has ever heard. Mm -hmm. This could be the basis of the trust that gets you to the romance that you're looking for. Mm -hmm. Because romance changes a person. Sex changes a person. Yeah. And you're participating in that and you want them to feel good about those changes and to feel good about being in that relationship with you mm -hmm. and to keep wanting to be in that relationship. Mm -hmm. So if you could take it slow... And your body, their body might be telling you different things, like yeah. speed up, go fast. Right. But it'll be worth it. And if you can have the conversations, you're going to have to use words you may never have used before, you know, but really ask about things and be open and ask questions that have space and time for the other person to answer. Yeah. And you really got to keep the substances out of it, you know? Yes. Yes, I agree. And and know that at any point, any party can change their mind or yeah. say no at any point. And so um, a lot of times it can be misconstrued. Well, I thought she wanted it or they wanted it or, you know, they said no, but I think they really meant yes. You know, it's just like once no is involved, it's like we should kind of stop. And then and then just kind of have um, certain conversations after engaging in any kind of intimacy. Like, was that OK? You know. Is there anything that I can do differently or what have you? What makes you the most comfortable and having somebody who listens and, and cares enough to make sure that you're comfortable can ultimately lead to um, other levels of different things. Um, so thank you, Chris. Well, even if even if they don't say no, but they say, I'm not sure. Yeah. Yeah. Be the person who's going to say, 
cool right see you tomorrow right <laughs> <laughs> or you want to go back to watching tv yeah, or <laughs> let's do netflix actually watch netflix let's let's let, let's do that right like it's okay you're not shooting for that quick moment you're shooting for a lifetime of romance mm-hmm. that really is some of the biggest bliss that we can have mm-hmm. as humans and you don't want to rush it yeah and if we're talking about romance and mental illness then mental illness might have stolen away those chances to have high school or college girlfriend, boyfriend, whatever these things are, you might be figuring out who you like or don't like, right? Mm-hmm. You still might be figuring out who you are in that in those moments. Right. So you or the other person might not be very good at talking about this stuff. And that's another reason to go slow. Mm-hmm. And, you know, watch what you watch on the internet and in movies. The, there's a lot of fantasy in there that isn't really real. Mm-hmm. And if that's what romance looks like to you, then you really got to slow it down and, and be present in this moment mm-hmm. or find somebody who is the same way but that still takes communication yeah, yeah you might out. find it that's fine right everyone should have what they're looking for that's great but you just got to take sh- short steps to get there absolutely and thank you for tying it back into uh, mental illness because that is what we are speaking on i mean and anybody can take this advice as well but we do want to kind of specifically speak on that which actually brings me to my next question so we did kind of just hop right in there into the hot seat but um prior to like when is an appropriate time to disclose that you have a mental illness when in a romantic relationship or any relationship you know, I think this advice would have been different like 10 years ago, but these days I would be pretty open from the start. Maybe you're not pulling open the DSM-5 and saying, here's my diagnosis, because that's your private information. Mm-hmm. But from the start, these days I think you can say, you know, I get anxious in big crowds, or mm-hmm. sometimes I have bad days and good days. Mm-hmm. Sometimes I might behave a little bit differently. Sometimes I'm in my head and I might not be responsive. I don't know. You don't want to sell yourself short and, you know, end the relationship before it starts. But people are looking for honesty and trust. Mm-hmm. And the world is a lot more open to hearing about your differences than it used to be. You know, uh, I remember I had someone come into the Hume Center for an interview and they said, I just want you to know. I get really nervous in interviews. <sighs> It was this larger than life, big dramatic statement, and I really wanted to laugh at it. But you know what? She killed that interview. Mm-hmm. She said that, the anxiety drained out of the room, uh-huh. and she was there and she became a great coworker. Cool. And I was like, Chris, get over yourself. You were judging her for saying that. Right. And that's what she needed. Mm-hmm. And she got into the she got into her flow. So I, I, you know, and, and just in movies, they're talking about anxiety or different things. And in, in friendships, we're a lot more open to where we are, good or bad, in different strengths and weaknesses. And so I don't think you want to save it for some big reveal later, mm-hmm. because I think your partner can handle it now. And, um, you know, life is going to be a lot better that way. Mm-hmm. Um, because then you couldn't set up the dates to work for you and them for whatever's going on for them. You know, if you're really anxious in crowds, you can say, I'm really anxious in crowds. So how about for a first date, we go hiking? Yeah. I don't know. Right. I don't know what people do on dates these days. <laughs> <laughs> but I don't think it's a big secret you want to you share. I mean, maybe again, not the diagnosis, not the big scary thing they can go look up and like know too much about you. And yeah. that's not probably not right. But just talk about the different pieces. Where mm-hmm. are those 
things that are not your strengths. And also mention your strengths. That makes um, sense. Because you don't want them to see you as a diagnosis because you're a heck of a lot more than that. Right. And you can grow beyond it and you can be different than it. And a relationship, honestly, a healthy one might be just what you need to mm -hmm. get above some of it. Uh, but you don't want to use it as a crutch. You don't want them to use it as a way to look down on you or to abuse you um, or to think less of you. Mm -hmm. But just talk about the ways that you're comfortable and that things might need to adapt. It's kind of like if you have a peanut allergy, you don't want to have your first date to a peanut farm. Yeah. You know, you want to be talking about that. We're five guys. You don't, you don't want to go to five guys with a peanut allergy. Yeah, that's the, that, that's deadly. <laughs> sorry five to break the ice a little bit. Five guys not be a sponsor on this podcast. Not, right, sorry. <laughs> Just mute that clip. No, I'm kidding. Um, yes, I also do want to acknowledge, because we've had um, our last segment, we talked, um, we spoke with the BIPOC community. And so a lot of the times it came up that back in the day i could not talk about my mental struggles it was just kind of mm. taboo mm -hmm. and then a lot of things are still culturally so as it may be easier for someone like you and i to be able to speak on it it's still certain cultures that it's looked down upon or it's not so like freely open to talk about so it's also something to acknowledge as well. It definitely is. And on a future podcast, you should bring in the filmmaker of the movie Love Conquers All. Do you know them? I do know them. Okay. Billy, write that down. <laughs> yeah. Love Conquers All is a great BIPOC film mm -hmm. about the challenges of talking about mental illness in okay. the community and then the beautiful story that came out of talking about it. That would have been a great one two weeks ago. But <laughs> no, we, we can save it for another episode. But thank you for that, that shameless plug. Yeah. <laughs> okay, moving right along. So when should one consider removing themselves from a romantic relationship, especially if you're struggling? Yeah, so you are really important. And then just let that sink in. Mm -hmm. You are really important. And the relationship needs to work for you. It should work for both of you and it becomes, it should become, the two of you should become greater than the sum of your parts, mm -hmm. right? It should be something that both of you benefit from. It's not always gonna be even and that's probably okay as long as it kind of goes back and forth a little bit. Um, but, you know, if, if, it's be, if it's becoming something that feels like work and especially and I'm talking about it in a small way. But if it's becoming something, you know, dangerous, hurtful, or threatening, mm -hmm. or where, uh, you know, threats of self-harm, like stay with me or I'm going to cut myself, stay with me or I'm going to kill myself, mm -hmm. yeah, it's a time to get out and get that person help from somebody else. That's, mm -hmm. not a, that's no longer a relationship. That's, that's a crutch. And you're the crutch. And crutches just get used up. Mm -hmm. um, but even in a small way, you know, it should really work for you. And if you're coping with mental illness, there might, you might be a bit more fragile. We all are in different days. So it depends on what you're coping with, right? So it depends on where your suffering level is and how much coping energy you have. Mm -hmm. um, so you really matter. And of course they matter. Um, so just, you wanna be able to make decisions that keep you healthy and hopefully make them happy. But in the end, if it has to end to keep you healthy and possibly them as well, 
then that's something you need to approach really delicately, mm -hmm. right? Prepare so that they know, you know, the old it's, it's not you, it's me, <laughs> often is true. That's why it's a cliche. But you can't just say that, right? You got to get into that conversation yeah. about what you need. Um, a lot of romantic relationships, it's not going to be the one. It should be something that's positive. It should be something that's building both into both of your lives and could potentially be the one. Um, so you don't want to go into rom into romance saying, I have to find the one right now. Right. You put a lot of pressure on yourself. Yes. And we ultimately do because we think that the person, like we're, yeah. we're searching for the one. Yeah. Love is fun. Is. Until you it's know, not. <laughs> until it's not. I mean, how many couples on the TV shows actually stay together after the exactly. TV show? Exactly. Not a lot of them. Never. Enough to pe keep people watching, mm -hmm. but you know, not, not a lot of them. And this is actually the reason why a lot of people out there would say, you know, don't rush in and move in with somebody, Ooh. which I know is old school advice. There you go. <laughs> We're going to touch on that. <laughs> yeah. It, it's, it's a little bit boring of advice, but once you're on the same lease, then you've like got this financial reason to make something work that might not work. Mm -hmm. um, at some point you do that. That's fine. You know, in relationships, whatever. Um, doesn't have to be marriage for a lot of folks, mm -hmm. but you should have, you should figure out like, is this something that could be, should be permanent right? or do, or am I going to be forcing myself, you know, mm -hmm. to be in a relationship that's not positive. And a lot of, you know, violence can happen in those type of, of yeah. such uh, where you, where you're trapped, mm -hmm. you know? And so you just want to be careful with that. And it's just like how aunties love to give back babies at the end and end, end of the day and go home. Sometimes romance can be greater if you go on a date and then you get out of there. Right. Or I get to go back to my living quarters. You get to go back yeah. to your living quarters. Go refresh. Yeah. <laughs> That's funny. I um I can totally relate, especially about the moving in, because my significant other and I just moved in together. And I never really wanted to live with anybody. I've always wanted to live by my... I just... I'm just a control freak. I just like everything, <laughs> to be honest. I just like everything within my control. And so we just had to have um, a conversation last night. And I was just like, you know, you're doing great. You know, I don't want to take away from everything. It's just we have a lot of new layers that are added on top of us, you know, living together. And so we just had like to have like a, a real conversation about it and, and be honest with what I need, especially being with child. I'm like ultra sensitive about everything. I'm like, look, it's probably not you on a normal circumstance. It could not be that big of a deal because I am so emotional. It was that big deal to me. So these are different ways that we can possibly navigate and figure that out. I, I did write a book called uh fatherhood begins before birth mm -hmm. <laughs> and in that book for fathers the number one piece of advice is when an expecting mom is going through those bigger feelings the hormones might make the feeling bigger yeah but often it's absolutely authentic it just might come yeah. out bigger than you might think mm -hmm. but telling those those dads like like stick with the stick with the feeling stick yeah. with the underneath yeah. Right out the wave, but don't 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 disres don't disregard or disrespect that that feeling, even though it's coming out in a big emotional way. It's perfectly okay. If we yeah. were going through that, 
you don't believe the drama I would start. <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm glad you're not dis discounting those 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 feelings. Oh no, I'm very vocal about all of my feelings. <laughs> I, I wear them on my sleeve. I'm like, look, this is how I'm feeling. Um, you may not have thought it was that big of a deal, but I didn't think that was a good joke. And yeah. Yeah. if you might be joking, but I didn't like it. It made me feel a certain kind of way. Yeah, good. I mean, the more you express yourself then you get to know the person yeah even moving in together when you pick out <clears throat> a replacement sink if yours breaks you get to know the person <laughs> right and you gotta you gotta evaluate like all right does he like the same sink as i like right. <laughs> <laughs> does he want to come out and like spray the dishes or does he want to be stand like you know you just, mm -hmm. it's interesting yeah and as that that's very true yeah yeah i was just like do you mind if i hang this picture up here he was like i don't care how you decorate this house i was like cool cool yeah. i will decorate it yeah, there you go. but i was like you live here too so i just wanted to make sure you know i'm not just doing stuff willy-nilly because i'm used to living by myself hilarious okay chris we were having too much fun yeah. <laughs> and that's fine well i think really one of my last questions is do you have any other tips that we have not covered on how to manage romantic relationships we've covered a lot of the things i like to say but yeah. i think I think really romance is a great way to get to know yourself mm -hmm. and just be completely open to that process. Mm -hmm. You might surprise yourself, but if you're open to learning who you become in a relationship, it'll make you better in that relationship, mm -hmm. but it might make you better in picking the next partner too, mm -hmm. as you understand that. And as you feel better about yourself, hopefully your standards will go up and you'll find someone who treats you better or can compromise with you on decorating if they don't care about this or that. <laughs> People who can open up and discuss things with you. Um, we find ourselves compromising away our values a lot when we're really desperate for romance. Mm -hmm. And there's a difference between compromise to like get along and make a relationship happen versus like stuffing away who we are. Mm -hmm. So be absolutely true to yourself. You are absolutely worth it. Enjoy the ride of romance. It doesn't have to be lifelong. It can, it can be, and that's wonderful. Um, and just enjoy getting to know yourself. Mm -hmm. And always, always, always listen to that person. Uh, and be a good friend to that person. Mm -hmm. And let go of that person and let them go hang out with their own friends. It's so important because you cannot be 100% of what that person needs. Absolutely. You you might think so. It might be great. It might sound great, but it's 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 exhausting. It's the point when it's not great. <laughs> yeah, it's not great. Like, don't you have any other friends? Don't you, yeah, get out of here. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> Please go away. Yeah. <laughs> that's funny. Compromise on holidays and stuff. And that's a real big landmine right yeah. there. And just, Whose you know, house are we going to yeah, this year? Yeah, be equal in that. Yeah. And even in romance, as you progress in it, you know, consent remains important. Mm -hmm. So just keep up those communication. Right on. Well, everyone, this has been a, another fantastic, super fun episode of Connected. Once again, don't forget to subscribe, share, tell everyone about this podcast. And if you want to be a guest, find us let us know <laughs> we won't know <laughs> um thank you chris for being here and we will see you the next two episodes yeah thank you appreciate it see ya